Most days, I am content and happily engaged in my work. Then there are days when I get anxious or depressed, and I am at the risk of getting stuck. I float between being contently engaged and feeling like it is hard to get mobilized. Yet I'm quite productive overall. Again, I believe I'm pretty typical, inattentive, articulate, intelligent, yet often floundering. These are the words of Barbara Luther in a recent article called "Living with Inattentive ADHD." Today, she is my guest. She is a master certified coach, the director of training at the ADD Coach Academy, where I also received my coach training in the topic of ADHD. So I'm honored to have this conversation with her around inattentive ADHD, what it means to us, how it shows up, how can we manage it, and some of the best strengths that it also has for us. Let's get into it. Welcome to Proudly ADHD at work and in business. I am your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius. Ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. Today I have a special guest with me. One of the reasons I brought her on the show is to talk about inattentive ADHD. If you've been listening to this show for a while, if you have been doing your own research on ADHD and the different types, there are generally three different types of ADHD. One is inattentive, the other is hyper, and one is combined. I think I tend to be on the combined side, but then the inattentive one is a tricky one for me. I have some of my clients who are inattentive. I see some of my inattentive tendencies come through. And I really wanted to bring on an expert to talk about this. And in fact, she is an inattentive ADHD, or at least that's how her brain wiring is. So welcome, Barbara Luther, to my show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for accepting this. The reason I was so excited to have you also is as you were one of my teachers, one of my mentors, as I was learning about ADHD, through the ADD Coach Academy, a lot of the things that you mentioned about inattentive, I really felt like I I just want to have a dialogue about this because I see it in some of my clients, the way it really affects their performance, the way it affects how they get things done and all Mm -hmm. of that good stuff. So let's back up a bit and let's define what is inattentive ADHD? Inattentive ADHD for me, is someone who lives so much in their heads, they're not really present to their body and often their surroundings. And their their executive functions are pretty dramatically hit, if you will. So the basics that you think of with ADHD of organization, sense of time, those are really tough for an inattentive and and even awareness, I guess. We feel very, very present to ourselves, but it's only to those thoughts and ideas in our heads. That makes sense. Talk to me about the the head piece, because yeah, there's this like, constantly in their heads, but then they want to get things done, but then they go back in their heads again. So we could have a really good coaching conversation where goals are clear, actions are totally clear, and then nothing happens. Nothing happens if we don't really make sure that they 
write that down, they create the prompts, and that they are really clear about what they need to do and, and have a connection to motivation because that flies away very easily for the inattentive. We have the best of intentions and we feel very clear in the moment, especially like when we're talking to a coach. But as soon as that session is over, our brain has gone on to something else or 16 other things. And so unless we have some something that reminds us, oh yeah, I committed to this, I wanted to do this, it, it may be gone until the next time you talk to your coach. So how does this show up in the workplace? Because I, I, I think inattentives really struggle in the workplace. They can. Uh, they can struggle because, again, we don't have a sense of time and we get so caught up in what we're doing. We, we can be very, very passionate and get so engaged in it that we don't realize, again, how we're showing up, how we're being. We don't realize that there might be other deadlines or other needs. We're just focused on the part that's so interesting to us. And so priorities don't come into play. They don't even occur to us a lot of times. We think we know what we need to be doing, but we really don't have a clear idea a lot of times about what we're shooting for. So you're never there if you don't quite know what you're shooting for. So we really tend to just engage and, and just go, go, go and not, not realize how we're showing up or whether we're accomplishing things. We go down rabbit holes really, really easy. Mind wandering for ADD years, for inattentives especially, is we just have a really high propensity for that. When does because that happen, the mind wandering? I might be, for example, working on something and think, oh, I need a picture for that. And so I go grab a picture, but I'm out there for two hours. Mm-hmm. And I end up with lots of pictures, but I don't know which one I even wanted or what I wanted it for by the time I kind of clue back in and realize, oh, wait, I didn't intend to let that time go. And it's just gone. You just described me when I want to do research on a podcast or on a piece of paper that I'm writing. And I end up in the vortex of research so much that yeah. now I have all this information. I don't know what the hell to do with it. And you're overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I think it's the brain when we're when we're really focused hard trying to think through something that's a lot of work for this brain and it wears out really, really fast. So researching is, a, is kind of a, it's a play, it's a re-energize re the brain. And it's so playful and fun for us. We're researching, we're learning things mm -hmm. that we don't want to stop. So we kind of lose track of time and just keep going. But you're exactly right. Then we're overwhelmed with everything we have. Mm -hmm. I'm not having the foresight of, okay, I'm doing all of this because it's going to get me to X. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that too, because I have some clients where visioning and like, where do we want to go from? They're like, I have no idea. I don't know what five <laughs> years from now looks like. Don't even ask me that. Why you want to know that? So yeah. it, it, is it a skill? Can it be Todd, can it be learned? I think you can learn it, but I think that's where a coach can really help you learn it, Kathy, because the coach is going to keep asking, well, what do you want as mm -hmm. the end result? And what's that going to look like? And a coach can really pin you down. When we tend to want to stay real high level, you know, not super specific, because again, that's a lot of work for this brain. So we'd rather stay high level. But I think it is partially that lack of future thinking that mm -hmm. we talk about. Again, we just, we don't think through what's that going to look like and how do I get there? We don't look through the steps ahead of time toward a goal. So we don't realize how long things are going to take. 
along the way or how long we can even give to things. So it's, it's a combination of that brain wearing out so easily, so quickly, being so easily distracted and caught into mind wandering or just following some, some thread and, and not knowing exactly where we're going and what it's going to look like when we get there or even how to go. We get lost a lot, Kathy, in well, what is it I really want to accomplish? We don't ask ourselves that. What's the end result? We don't ask ourselves that. We just jump in. <laughs> And that's, that's a real problem. So do you see a lot of impulsivity and risk-taking coming in with inattentives? We will take some risk-taking, but it's, it's pretty, usually it's fairly mild. An inattentive could still have a lead foot and drive fast because that's, that's interesting, mm -hmm. things like that. But no, I don't think we're, I don't think we're risk takers that much but we are we can be very very impulsive it just it doesn't look like the typical when we think of impulsive we think of somebody jumping you know yeah. into something instantly and we can do that but it's almost hidden like it's i'm i'm impulsive it's like oh i want to buy that book so click okay oh i want to do this so that and and so we'll do that and then it's done so fast and we haven't realized it was just an impulse we followed. We didn't ever pause like usual mm -hmm. in the impulse, but they're, they tend to be just in a couple areas of our lives, it seems like. And again, they're, they don't always look like they're dangerous, right? right? It sounds like it's not with major decisions. It's like the little low risk instant gratification. It, it, it is, it's the instant gratification, but the problem with that is no, there is no future thinking. So mm. again, this is the lack of time sense too. Of, I want that now, but I'm not remembering that I'm trying to save for a house or a new car. So you never get there because of those little impulses over and over again. Yeah, some, something to, you know, the whole living in the moment. I'm living in the moment. Don't ask me about tomorrow. What's what's flip side of the unmanaged inattentive ADHD? So, so let's say somebody's just been going about their lives and they're like, this is just how I am. What are the long-term ramifications of that? I think it's, like you said, there's never any goal or getting there. And I think that creates a lot of regret long-term because we're just in flow, we're happy, we're doing things, but it's not toward an end. And David and I both do this. We, we look up and go, how did it get to be 10 years ago <laughs> that we did something? And it's just a real shock that time has passed and we really haven't, we didn't ever set a goal and then consciously work toward it because it didn't occur to us to. We had an intention maybe, but we didn't set it as a true goal and put structures in place a lot of times. Inattentives do a lot better, Kathy, with short, intense projects, I think, because then we can really engage in it and we can kind of finish it before, you know, the, the energy, the focus heads off into something else. That works better for us. That makes sense. So on that note of their strengths, where can they focus on their strengths? What are the things that, you know, we taught, I mean, you guys taught us this about focus on strengths with clients. <laughs> so what are some of the areas of strength that they can really leverage to push through? Well, again, they're, they're very, very creative and imaginative because they do live in their heads. So any, any, 
career or opportunities to use that creativity, that imagination, that playfulness is really powerful for them. And you've got to bring in their values and character strengths too. When, when you've probably heard me say this, I don't always know what I'm passionate about until I'm into something. So if I'm asked to do something and I get really engaged and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really passionate, but I don't know that unless I had an opportunity to kind of get going. So we can be incredibly passionate and that can, if we can recognize it and allow ourselves to stay in it, we can, we can be passionate for a very, very long time and, and be quite productive. But again, a lot of times we just rather stay in our heads than actually produce. So it's the production piece that is, I guess, our challenge more than anything. And again, if we've got a clear, concrete goal to head toward, we can, we can actually do that. In areas of passion, we're very focused. We don't sound inattentive. We can accomplish quite a bit, but there's got to be connection to people, I guess, because we really do connect to people a great deal. So that's a strength because we care so much and we do want to in some way help or make a difference for others. And that's that's quite a good focuser for us too. I like what you're saying because once you are living with those values, which kind of motivates you. And what the other piece I'm hearing is the the trial and error different things till you find the thing that you are magical at. Mm-hmm. So just because, you know, you went into a certain field and, and this audience is professionals and entrepreneurs, maybe the current business you have may not be the right business. And just because, you know, everybody else said you need to be in this business and you're going, this is not working for me. It's a grind. Maybe it's not the right business, right? What I'm hearing also, the benefit of, I'm hearing this theme around partner with someone or go through a journey with someone so you can find these things. So I'm hearing like an accountability person or someone like a sounding board, like a mastermind, something where you kind of come up with some of these ideas. It's it's often just a, a buddy, even just mm-hmm. a buddy that's a brainstormer with you who, who will get you excited about something and you realize, oh, there's some passion. And hopefully if that buddy says, well, then do something with that, come back to me. And that continual feedback is huge for, I think, for an inattentive. If I know I've got to produce something for somebody, and then if I know I'm going to get some feedback to, to go to the next step, that's, that's a, a powerful structure, I think. Um, it works I like really that well. because it makes it sound like with attentives, you really even want to chunk it down a lot more, like just one tiny step at a time and be in observation mode almost, be in research mode of how did I feel about that? Check in, mm-hmm. talk about it, and then move to the next one. And then you're kind of honoring that nothing is written in stone because we don't know where this is going to end. Right. So they, they, you get buy-in from them. <laughs> Because clearly they don't like to dedicate or, you know, commit to it. It does have to be a context. Yeah. Um, You know, even though you might be doing something small in the moment, there is that need, I think, for all humans. But again, for 80 years in particular, of it's got to be something that we feel like is is big, is, is valuable, is contributing in some way. If we can see that connection, that really helps. And that's also a driver to know. So for example, I spend a lot of time on ADHD because I teach it, I live it, all of that. So 
I have a passion to learn as much as I can and be able to share that because I know in the long run, that's going to help a lot more people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's my, that's my passionate goal. I can't touch enough people, but if I can teach it and share what I know with others and put them out there, more knowledgeable, more passionate to, to also help, I've made the difference that I want to make. So I'm sitting here, maybe writing something or maybe teaching a class, but I know, I know the bigger picture. Yeah. And I know how, how much I care about that. So here's a scenario that the individual has they figured out what their purpose is, what their calling is, and this this really is good for them. But then it's the steps to get there. It just sounds so daunting and so big, and, and they want to make an impact right away. So how do you kind of keep them motivated along the way so that they can do that? Well, that's where the chunking happens. And I do think sometimes we tend to, if we do think ahead, we actually think so far ahead that it looks like, Oh, there's a mountain I'm supposed to step over. Well, we can't, we know we can't do that. So it is a chunking it back. It's like, oh, if I get to this plateau, oh, if I get to this next step. So it is, again, it's context. It's keeping us in touch with that bigger picture, but saying, nope, this is just what I'm doing for now. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing for now. And really making that as concrete, you know, with a, with a milestone of some sort that you can feel really good and that you can pause and go, how did I do? How, am I progressing where I want to, or do I need to adjust and shift? I think that's, we do have to chunk things down. And sometimes we're going in two directions at once, so to speak, we're, we're taking two paths and that may be okay. I, I find for an inattentive, we doing one thing all the time, doesn't matter how passionate we are, that's, that's not enough. Right. We need two to three things going pretty much all the time because that's, then we can shift from one to another, but keep them all going. Mm. Do they, do the other things have to be aligned in the same direction or they, can they be completely they can different? Be, they can be completely different. Sometimes you're doing something creative that takes an awful lot of our energy and focus. So the other things we might be doing, you know, is coloring or you know or knitting something you know it might be something like that it's still it's still engaging in some way but it's almost restorative mm -hmm. but I, I have I have attendants that are doing two two or three very big things but but they're doing them and coming back around to them they're doing one for a little while moving it forward moving the next one forward moving the next and back around again because of interest because if they don't have that variety it, none of them hold the interest i love that that concept too because also as coaches sometimes we're like focus on one thing and what mm -hmm. i'm hearing with within attentives is it's perfectly okay so between transitioning and then remembering why did you start this other thing so that you don't create a new shiny object? What are your, your strategies that has been helpful for your clients, for your students? I think we have to, again, kind of have that picture of what we're shooting for pretty clearly in mind. And if we can have a deadline that we know, oh, this one's going to get done by this time. And then I get to move to another one. You know, those things kind of help. And, and again, continual feedback helps to know that you're getting feedback on a steady basis or yeah, something like that really makes a difference. The hardest thing I have with the inattentives is, is getting them to hold that thread 
forward and actually get into action. Yes. We want to think about it. We want to think about it. We can think something through. We can plan beautifully, but then we're done. <laughs> the planning was the interesting part sometimes. So getting us to actually physically do is really, really important. I talk about that, you heard me use it, a, a fish metaphor. You know, we can fish and pull out a lot of fish, but if we pull out a whole lot at once, we're not gonna get to eat any of them. They're gonna go to waste. So if we pull out two or three, we can eat those and let them nourish us, the completion, the satisfaction of that. Then we can go after others. I think that context can help, especially a creative inattentive who does have all those ideas. And the other concept is that park lot, parking lot kind of thing of, mm -hmm. okay, there's another bright spark. I want to do that. Okay, have an opportunities list and that you can keep going back to, that you can keep adding to, but don't let it stop you in that moment. It's don't head down every rabbit hole because that's our tendency. Yeah, I you recommended the book, Refuse to Choose, Mm -hmm. by Barbara Schur. I have it. I'm looking at it and I have my sparkly book um, alongside of it of all the new ideas that come in. They just go into the sparkly book. At least mm -hmm. I feel good that they're there, but when I'm going to get to it, I have no idea. <laughs> and that's okay. I always, I kind of always believe that if, if it's really ours, it'll come back around. Thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. It'll come back around. And, and so learning to kind of trust that again, take some of the pressure off because I do see a lot of inattentives with so many brilliant ideas, but they're literally spinning and mm -hmm. they're not accomplishing anything. So it's like, pick one. And, and I usually use that phrase, pick the sparkliest one <laughs> for right now and go after it. But it's that idea of seeing it through and getting that satisfaction. The doing is the hardest part. So making sure that they're writing things down, that they have clarity, that they have a process. If suddenly we're working along and lose the thread, we know we can go to somebody or check, or we know there's a, there's a support or a prompt that's going to pull us back. Those can be really helpful. I love that. And also based on your mentoring, I have even modified my coaching style with my inattentives where I do give some hard concrete direction there there's I, I just coach it differently because I know where they're coming from so yep. that you know that there's this partnership a true partnership that it breaks a few of our coaching rules but I don't care if it works <laughs> for them let's let's do it let's modify and adapt <laughs> I, I think a lot of inattentives are not always verbal processors but they're very much processors and they have to work things out to some extent in their heads. But a lot of times without some other input, they kind of get lost in that. So I really do encourage them to have somebody, even if it's the coach going, you need to talk that through with me because they don't know what they're thinking and feeling, okay? They really don't have any clue. <laughs> So we've, we've really got to help them to process that, or some of them will write it out, whatever, so that they can get it out and see it. Then they have a better chance of actually getting more clarity around it. Just on that note about they don't know what they're thinking and feeling. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Like, are they out of tune with their emotions or they just haven't figured out how to label it? It's probably some of both. When I'm engaged, when I'm doing something, I'm not sure I even know I have a body. <laughs> I, 
I'm so much in there that I'm not tuned into any signals in my body. And I may then talk to somebody and they'll go, wow, you're really, you know, upset or you're really focused on that. I am. I'm kind of surprised because I'm not, I haven't noticed it myself. So it's a, it's a not being self-aware or present in the moment and then not tuning in, not pausing to take a scan of the body and, and say, well, what, what is that feeling? I think so many times for inattentive adults, we've, we've ignored those things for so long. We don't even see the signals or even know what the signals mean. So that may mean we don't know the feeling. And then there's the memory issue of just forgetting. You know, I, I, I mentioned this, I go to the doctor and he says, well, how are things going? I have no idea. What do you mean? It was three months ago. <laughs> I, I have no idea what yesterday was. And it's not that I wasn't doing and, and present in that moment, but I wasn't anchoring it to remember, oh, that's what I did. As an inattentive, I can't remember sometimes that whether, have I eaten? Did I take my meds from the morning to the afternoon? I, I really can't always remember because I wasn't present in the moment when I physically did it. <laughs> okay. And if you're not present in your body, you don't have a memory. Makes right? so much sense. So much sense. Do you think the working memory issue is more of an issue with inattentives or because I know ADHD in general, we're all, our working memory just sucks. <laughs> Just say. And that's why we, we often like to work alone or isolated without those disturbances because mm -hmm. of the working memory. But I hesitate about that because, again, in an area of passion, we can hold a lot yes. <laughs> for quite some time. So it really keeps coming back to the interest and passion. Um, because if you're really engaged in that, you've got all the detail and you can hold it and do mm -hmm. something with it for quite some time. But it's, it's got to be in those areas of high interest. Otherwise, no, it's gone almost instantly. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. There are days that I've gone without eating food. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, it's 8 p.m. I haven't eaten all day. Just coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, what did you do today? What do you mean? You know, <laughs> I know I did. But unless I've written something down or have something concrete, I don't know what I've done. And I think ADDers tend to get into that story then. Well, I worked really hard, but I accomplished nothing. Well, they mm. did always accomplish, but they didn't either pause first to value and decide what they wanted to really accomplish. And they didn't capture it. So there's no memory of it. Gold. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think both of those can be a problem too. Because again, we tend to follow those bright sparklies. It's just the, this brain catches on them so easily. And, and we don't even realize, I, they look at mind wandering now and they say, some people know when they're going into mind wandering, but I don't see that for inattentives. I don't know that I've taken off most of the time <laughs> until mm -hmm. I suddenly, something pulls me back out and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, what time has it been? I don't always know that I've gone there. Wow, that's intense. I, I, yeah. I can't relate. I mean, I, I know when I hyper-focus, but I'm also a little bit aware of what's going on. So that's mm -hmm. intense to go to that level of like, just it's gone. It's, I'm yeah. somewhere else right now. You don't know. You don't know how you got there, how long it's been, uh, why you started down that path. Oftentimes you just, you didn't notice, you just went into it. And again, some of that I think is the brain wearing out when we, when we, 
ask it to focus for a long period of time, it wears out so fast and then it's gotta have a break. And if we're not noticing it and giving it a healthy break to restore, then it's gonna take off. I That's see. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Barbara, before we lose our audience and their attention span, <laughs> yes. um, wh- what's one thing that you want to tell an inattentive? Well, what's one message that you want to drive home with them? That's a good question. Have someone in your life that keeps helping you hold the thread of what you want to accomplish and who you're trying to be. Because we, again, we don't see always our patterns and behavior. We need that reflected to us. And I think we, we need to have a friend, a coach, a partner who keeps bringing us back to that. Otherwise, we are just kind of wondering <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much, my dear. Thank you for your wisdom as always. Such an honor to have you on my humble little show. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. And uh, thank you for sending people to ADCA. If anybody wants to truly understand their ADD brain, come take my first course. Um, You'll learn a lot. I think Kathy can attest to that. (laughs) Yes, that's where uh, it was groundbreaking, all the stuff I learned in your Simply (laughs) class, for sure. Thank you, Barbara. Thanks. Take care. This episode was brought to you by my very first online lesson called Six Factors that impact your productivity. I'm excited to be launching this and sharing this with you. So if you are struggling with productivity in your tasks and your day-to-day managing of the tasks, I encourage you to go into the show notes and click on the link on the mini course. It's about 20 minutes long where you get to learn the six factors that have a direct influence in the way you show up at work and the way you go about your tasks. It's about 20 minutes long. It comes with a worksheet and you can listen along and work along with it. And it's one of those tools that is really powerful, simple, but yet powerful and practical and put it into use right away. So head over to the show notes and get access to the free mini lesson from my website. See you there.